unidentifiable flying object. UFO continues to be a mystery. Wasn't alone in space. Sightings of UFOs. Something out there. Close enough to be observed. What could it be? It could only be one thing. A UFO. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 91. 91 of UFO Now, I think. It's your break from the propaganda, the bad news, the political nonsense, where we're going to have some fun talking about the cover-up of human origins. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into it. It's going to be phenomenal. With me is my good friend, Nate. What's up, Nate? How are you? Oh, what's going on, buddy? How you doing today? Oh, dude, I'm so glad to have you on this one. It's going to be so much fun. You know, this is a very hard topic to get it get through, but there's a lot to it. <laughs> there is absolutely a lot to it. I'll tell you what, um, me and Nate were talking about this before the show, about how hard it is to find, uh, I would say, credible and valid evidence, uh, or at least info on this. Uh, evidence is basically none <laughs> but yeah most of, yeah, but, most of it's just opinion and yeah. some of it's you know exactly ah. but it, it's tough because what you're doing is you're basically trying to find a cover-up and clearly in not being able to find it and we know look we we're gonna get into it but there's a lot of circumstantial evidence if nothing else that there are groups, Smithsonian being one of them, that seems to be involved in a cover-up of evidence of prior human origins involving potentially giants even. Kind of crazy shit, man. Can you imagine giants? You know, just like the old Hercules shows, you know, you got that big old Cyclops walking around at the club. Yeah, that would be insane. Yeah, that would be that absolutely been real, insane. <laughs> yeah, it, it would have been real. <laughs> it would be su- absolutely. It could be. I mean, we just don't know. That's the whole point about it. We don't know mm-hmm. enough, and we know that we're not being told the whole story because, well, let's point out the obvious. The obvious is that we have been given this version of history that has been proven wrong over and over and over again. In fact, it's still is continued to be proven wrong in the fact that we found origin or uh, remains that seem to point to our origins being over a million years older than what is thought to be. That's some Fred Flintstone shit right there. It's insane. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. We're we're bridging the gap between the dinosaurs and humans, which is like yeah. whoa. That's a whole new that's that definitely that story has never been told. So I guess like it's been fantasized on TV depicted as, you know, us coexisting, surviving through dinosaur times, but that's not how that worked at all. But apparently it is. Apparently it could very well have been. Could I mean, look, very well be. if you date us, predate us to a million and a half years, somewhere around there. And we're talking about dinosaurs were what? Six million years ago. Mm hmm. So we're bridging that gap. All we need is a little bit more evidence that predates that, predates what we found, and we're there, baby. 
so close. Next thing you're going to find is they're going to find a fossil that's just a dude riding a T-Rex. Like almost like that one where it shows the skeletal remains of it what appears to be a man and a woman kind of holding hands and like uh like <laughs> together. It'll be like that except with a T-Rex. It'll be like the what's the what's the the painting? The uh Michael D'Angelo or whatever the one was where it's uh, God and he's pointing down, touching the finger of man. It'll be that way, except it'll be a T-Rex and it'll be <laughs> some dude. He's bridging the gap of humanity. Fucking A, dude. That's what it's going to be. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, like I it said, it, everything we know about our own origins has been proven wrong dozens of times over history. And we just keep digging and we just keep finding more. And what's hilarious is the people that are like, you know, the authority on this are just fucking pissed because all their work, their entire careers based on this, I would say, lie is uh, is toast. It's toast. And that's just the start of it. That doesn't include mainstream religion. That is... I would say flipped on its ass. highly inaccurate as far as where our origins come from. You know, the idea of in the beginning, uh, uh, in fact, last night on the bonus episode, go check it out. Um, we were talking about the fact that, uh, damn it. I just lost it. Oh, that water could have come from asteroids. Earth water could have come from asteroids. That's what they were wow. saying. A study found this. And I go, now, hold on a second. Isn't that a huge key? That's a whole day in the six days of creation was just separating the land from the water. So what the hell? Anyways. But that's where we're going in today's episode. So I'm so glad to have you all with us today. Um, before we get thank started. You for joining. Yes, thank you so much. Before we get started. We're in the stratosphere, cruising about 92,000 feet, and it is clear skies, baby. If you like the show, be sure to share this episode. Give us a nice review on the Spotify, Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck it's called these days. Um, wherever you can leave a review or a star or anything you can give, uh, please give it. It helps out a lot. And hit that subscribe button if you're on Rumble, if you're on YouTube, that also does help a lot because every platform just helps us reach more people. Also, be sure to go get yourself some sweet merch. Follow the link portal to all things UFO no podcast in the show notes. That'll take you straight to our merch shop and everything else. You can get in touch with us as well as you can go to patreon.com slash UFO no podcast where you can donate and you get the bonus episode. You get no ads. Also, we're doing discord now. So if you're a Patreon fan, you get access to our discord server um, where you get to chat with us live during the show, which we just started yesterday. So it's slow growing uh but we need you involved so get in and especially these saturday morning ones i don't know if a whole lot of people are going to get involved but uh i'm going to put it out there we'll see uh who gets in so you can join up the patreon link join us live on the show chat with us comment we'll read them live while we're doing it um it'll be super fun so again just click that portal to everything ufo no link in the show notes to take you to all things ufo no but without further ado let's get into it so, which we've already been kind of getting into it, but yeah, it's very, very interesting. The mainstream thinking on this, the mainstream thinking does not want to admit that uh, what they've told us is wrong. So they keep, 
kind of using this, oh, we didn't know, we didn't know, we didn't know. Well, then quit telling us you know. You know? Get your fucking job. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't look. Look, we understand the meteorologist guy, the weatherman on the news, his job is not to be accurate. It's just to decipher the picture on the wall. It's going to be wrong. 70% chance it's probably not going to be accurate. These days, it's a lot more accurate because we got doohickeys and thingy-dings that uh, tell them. But when it comes to origins, it is best guess totally because we have no idea. Clearly, they have no idea what our origins are, where we come from. And with that, it seems to be a cover-up that of, of multiple things. It seems to be the Vatican, seems to be the Smithsonian, the government, the CIA, are all in cahoots with trying to cover up the origins of, of humans. Now, why is that? Religion can flipped upside down. Society, I mean... To learn that we can come so much far back. I mean, who knows? We, As far as we know, we could have easily achieved the pinnacle, like the lost city of Atlantis, for example. We could have achieved the pinnacle of technology. Apocalyptic event happened, wiped us back to the Stone Age, started again, and here we are. That would flip our entire society upside down. Well, not only that, but you have people like Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson that I've talked about on the show. Go check them out. Um, that have theories that not just one cataclysm, not just one civilization that rose and it and became advanced, not just one time was humanity almost wiped off the face of the earth, but multiple times, multiple times there were advanced civilizations that have come and gone due to these big, huge, you know, almost humanity-ending cataclysms. So that's what, may, you know, so we have evidence like that that's coming out that truly shows, like, there wasn't just one flood potentially, but many, um, and whether or not there was a family with all the animals on there in a boat, we have no idea. But it really is fascinating to think about what the human origins could truly be. So I got a series of articles that we're going to look at today um, and they'll all be in the show notes. So if you're listening after this, you can follow along. If you are listening or watching on, on discord, uh, you can see what I'm showing you. So uh, there you go. Anyways, but follow along either way, however you're doing this, let's go. So forbidden knowledge. This comes from uh, uh, me time for the mind.com forbidden knowledge. Is there really a cover up regarding human origins on earth in the book forbidden archaeology authors, Richard Thompson and Michael Cremo essentially state that academic science was engaged in a massive cover up regarding the history and origins of the human race on earth. Working under a grant from the National Science Foundation in 1966, Dr. Virginia Steen McIntyre and her team had been commissioned to date two archaeological sites in Mexico, namely Hoatlaco, Hialaco, something like that with an H and a Y, uh, where you can very, do it better. what's that? You got this. You can do it. Thank you. I'm going to leave it at Hoatlaco, uh, uh, where very, which I does not sound accurate in any way where very sophisticated stone tools have been unearthed in El Horno, <laughs> El Horno. That's uh, by the way, my gang name, El Horno 
unearthed in El Horno where other interesting, if less sophisticated, items had been discovered. Initial estimates date the sites at 20,000 years old, which, according to thinking of the time, would have put the site close to the dawn of human civilization, at least in the Americas. Now, think about that. In 1966, they dated the dawn of human civilization at 20,000 years, dude. Uh, A little short-sighted there. Incredibly so. So here you have in 1966, it's scientific fact that humans are 20,000 years old. That's put in the textbooks. That's put out there as what it is. But they had no idea. They had no idea. Like I said, we have now found remains that predate us 20 or uh, I'm sorry, a million years past where anybody's predated us. So take the 250,000 years and add a million years to it. That's what they're saying. And when everybody that's listening thinks about this, you also have to think we're also talking about a time of possible Pangea when it was one giant supercontinent. Yeah. who knows what we can actually find. Yeah, and then there's also a study that came out saying that that may have broken up differently than how they said, that it wasn't through the passage of time, that it was, again, through another massive cataclysm. Uh, an asteroid came down and shattered Pangea and and caused them to start moving about. That it wasn't just the passage of time that moved continents. It was actual something, a catalyst. Crazy. But uh, Dr. Steen McIntyre used four clear and accepted methods to test the sites. Every time the sites that came back were the same, and they were a long way off the estimate. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, used four clear and accepted methods to test the sites. Every time the results that came back were the same, and they were a long way off the estimates. Oh, okay, I read that wrong. According to Dr. Steen McIntyre's test, the sites were closer to 250,000 years old. Aha, uh-huh, see? So now we're getting up. So already from 1966 to when they retested these, it's, you have a massive jump, massive jump from 20,000 years to 250,000 years. Her results went against everything accepted science stated it knew. However, instead of being applauded and hailed for having made such a breakthrough in her knowledge of human history, bearing in mind she had sold solid results to back up her theory. She was instead ridiculed and her character vilified. That's exactly the same thing that has happened with Graham Hancock and Randall Randall Carlson as well, as they've been basically mocked and shunned by mainstream archaeology and science, saying that they're just, they're pseudoscience. But as they say, they have the data. I mean, Randall Carlson has graphs upon graphs upon graphs showing this happening. And since we have where you can't just go pick up a rock and say, see, that proves it. You have to use the data. And that's exactly what Graham uh, uh, Randall Carlson has done, is he's compiled the data to show multiple, multiple cataclysmic or uh, ca- uh, whatever, catastrophic cataclysms. A lot of cats going on in here. And, uh, and it's put it together to show that there have been multiple of these potentially humanity-ending uh, events. Very interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah. So here's where you have some some discoveries that were apparently erased from history. 
So over 100 years earlier than that, than 1966, so 1866, when gold was discovered in abundance at Table Mountain in California following the digging and mining that went thousands of feet down into the earth, hundreds of stone artifacts and even human fossils were discovered. The age of the site and the remains, according to then-California stage geologist J.D. Whitney, was anywhere from 9 to 55 million years old, dude. Holy shit. Jesus fucking Christ. That puts us with the dinosaurs, bro. Yeah. Holy, Holy shit. shit. People were riding dinosaurs. Fuck. That's awesome. God damn. But, dude, you got to think about this. This was found before 1866. So this before is. Before 1866. Wow. Well, because look, they're talking about this lady in 1966 who found this. And then they say, but over 100 years earlier than that, this site was found and unearthed. And where human fossils were found. That's crazy, man. So like Dr. Steen McIntyre, this this doctor, uh, other doctor, Whitney, J.D. Whitney, offered an abundance of evidence and in-depth reports on the finds. However, despite this, he was dismissed, and his findings almost erased from the record in history books. The site was sealed, almost as if nothing had ever been found. Even weirder, some of the South African mines, where for decades miners have brought to the surface from deep inside the mines themselves, hundreds of small metallic spheres each with encircling parallel grooves. The site itself and the level at which these spheres were found are anywhere up to 3 billion years old. Despite these remarkable finds, mainstream science refuses to acknowledge them. And no seriously funded studies have ever been carried out on them or their origins. Massive cover-up. Massive. Come on. That's crazy. This has been around since fucking forever, and we're still choosing to remain ignorant. We're compiling data. We're compiling the physical evidence. We're finding more and more, but no, this isn't real. We don't want to acknowledge that. Well, look, I mean, it's... How does that fucking work? Well, it's control. It's control. I mean, again, look, I, I didn't even read. I didn't even read my goddamn thing I was going to read. Uh, goddamn. <laughs> the, the, but this is the perfect moment. Um, this is by George Orwell. The most effective way to destroy people is to deny or obliterate their own understanding of their history. That's powerful. It's incredibly powerful. And that it makes sense when it, when you look at the amount of control you can have by by telling people where they come from by saying oh no you come from this you come from this you're just clay you're just a rib <laughs> you know i mean it makes it it's clearly going to have an effect on what of what people believe their potential as humans are certainly 
So, and it, it yeah. means we're not in control of our own destiny as opposed to Jesus. We're riding fucking dinosaurs, man. Yeah, we're discovering new shit all the time. And most of, I mean, look at history that we know today. Yeah. Who's taught us this history? Where did this history come from? It's usually written by the victims. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, what you know is what you're taught. Yeah. And we're discovering more and more that what we're finding has nothing of been what we've been taught. We're finding out more evidence. We've been around a lot longer. We've been civilized. And it predates religion. It predates everything that we know. Yeah, exactly. It's mind-boggling. It really is. It really is mind-boggling to think that humans have this, well, we don't know. We don't know. Humans have an undefined history on this planet. We have no idea where we came from. I mean, that's the truth of it. You can say, well, I believe we were created by God. That's great. But that doesn't make it true. And I'm not trying to pick on religion. I'm not trying to pick on anyone's beliefs. But look, if we have technology that I admit is wishy-washy whether you can trust it or not because it comes from people like this that are doing things like this. So is the technology that tells them how, how old something is, is it just as corrupted as the data that they're trying to come up with themselves? Or is it that the technology has no bias and is coming up with the accurate estimates? And then as we know, humans, because it's human nature, says, well, no, I want it to be this. And so then it becomes that. Could be. Very interesting. I got to take my helmet off. Oh, by the way, I'm in my astronaut outfit because, uh, you know, we're in the cosmos. You're flying high, man. Hi. You got to protect yourself when you're in the stratosphere. (laughs) I love that song. Dude, I need to get a clip of that. I am going to get a clip of that. You got to. Not right now, of course, but uh, I will. Yeah, Uh, we're busy. Yeah. Yeah, we're busy. (laughs) so uh emmanuel velikovsky seemed to outrage mainstream thinking in 1950 when he released his book worlds in collision and stated that cataclysmic disasters were recorded in the bible and echoed in other ancient writings such as the ancient egyptians the mayans to name just two were convulsions of the universe that our ancestors deep in antiquity witnessed firsthand, including Venus and Mars being dragged into orbits too close to Earth. Well, it makes sense if we're 57 million years old that we would have seen these things. Uh, Velikovsky stated that Venus was once part of the planet Jupiter until around 4,000 years ago when an explosion catapulted into space blazing brightly and trailing a slipstream of dust and gases as it went. He further stated that Earth moved into the outer edges of this slipstream around 15th century BC, which resulted in a red dust coloring the rain that fell. Volokovsky stated the book of Exodus, which reads, all the water that was in the Nile turned to blood. Dude, that's crazy. Well, that explains how they built the pyramids. You know, I mean, superpowers from Venus. They're like, hey, 
Yeah, no a lot shit. lighter than we thought. Dude, <laughs> crazy. But that that is insane that he actually put, times it with the yeah. story in the Bible. Like that's legit. Coincidence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Coincidence? Coincidence? I think not. As Venus passed on its way, Earth was pulled off its axis by the gravitational pull and hurricanes and massive floods took place on Earth. The Cachanua of Brazil wrote that heaven and Earth changed places and Persian records state that three days of light was followed by three days of darkness. On top of the, the you know, it's fascinating what they're saying. It's fascinating putting this together, these ancient writings. But what I find even more fascinating is the arrogance of mainstream science, archaeology, that loves to look at these ancient tales, these ancient writings, and say, oh, they were just telling stories. It wasn't real. How, do, how could they possibly know that? And why would they make up stories like that and, and just, uh, you know, etch them in rock and stone? Why would they go to the trouble to pass on these stories that have lasted thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years, just to tell us fictional tales? Why? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why you would want to pass on fiction of where you come from. A, 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 a fictional story of humanity's origins and then etch that in rock just for shits and giggles? I've never understood that idea. And this makes sense. Because he's, he's actually like saying, look, during this time when this could have been happening you have this point in the Bible that mentions these things. And not only in the Bible, you have these other ancient cultures that are saying the same thing. Velikovsky even went as far as to say that it was at this moment in time when Moses led the Israelites across the Sea of Passage, whose waters had parted, he claimed, due to gravitational and electromagnetic forces between the two planets. And for the same reason, they came crashing back to the rightful place covering the seabed. Now, I don't know if the gravitational pull and electromagnetic forces were enough to separate the seas and then crash them back down at just the right time. To me, that's, that's a massive amount of uh, timing. To me, I think, let's say you have a sea that has a sandbar in it. But this sandbar that goes through the middle, let's just say hypothetically straight through the middle. But at certain parts during the tide, it's higher. The water's higher. So therefore, it covers, making it too deep to be able to cross this path. But then at certain moments when the tide is low enough, this passage of land is revealed and you have a certain amount of time to get across before the tide comes over, right? Now, it could have been the whole story of this is that the Moses was leading the Jews through Egypt, through the wilderness and came across 
Red Seas, part of the Red Seas. The Jews passed through, and that he, the seas crashed upon the Egyptians as they were trying to chase them. I think it could have been a simple matter of that the Egyptians lost track of time, were in paying attention, and the seas rose, uh, the tide rose, but it's a slow, gradual rise. So I don't know. It could have been gravitational, yeah. electromagnetic forces. A little less violent that way. A little less violent. But yeah. it could have been. It could have been just, you know, and because it's not really, I don't, I don't remember if the story is said that the waves came crashing down and like crushed them. But I would imagine that if you have a bunch of people that live in the desert that probably don't know a lot about swimming, and then you have this sea that, that, that rises, you've got horses, you got carriages, you got, you know, I would imagine a thousand people. Um, not everybody's going to make it. But I don't know. So so I think I think the this one makes me pause. The gravitational electromagnetic forces were enough to part the seas at this exact moment. That one's a little hard for me to believe. The other ones as far as, you know, Mars and Venus coming close enough to cause water to turn red, I, I can believe that. I can see that. Yeah. So um. Oh, there was another one. There was a, I missed this one. Uh, this was then followed by showers of meteorites as Venus passed, which Velikovsky uh, said was documented clearly in the Mexican annals of Cautitlan. Cautitlan. I don't know what that word is. The sky rained not water but fire and red hot stones. Fire and brimstone from the Bible. Maybe. Uh, Vygotsky went as far as to say it was in this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already read that one. <laughs> Venus swung past Earth again in the 14th century BC, bringing with it equally destructive effects before finally settling into its current orbit. In the 8th century BC, however, Venus this time came too close to Mars and pushed it into an orbit that clashed with that of Earth's and did so every 15 years until 687 B.C. when it finally settled into its own orbit. Again, Valakovsky offered proof of these accounts from the Bible and ancient writings, including the following from the Chinese bamboo books that stated the stars fell like rain and the earth shook. Fascinating. That is fascinating. I love how he's tying it in to references with historical documents. I love that. You know, he's not just saying, hey, I've got data. He's saying, look, it coincides with these tales in ancient history, yeah. including the Bible. It's smart, Shit, man. It's already Super been smart. Yeah. 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 He also pointed out to the fact that it seemed to be around this time in history that Mars replaced Venus as the prominent, most powerful god in both Roman and Greek cultures. Very interesting. Indeed, even the scar on Mars was cited as being the result of electromagnetic energy between two celestial bodies that had all but collided. Fascinating. That is incredibly interesting. 
it's amazing. I mean, can you imagine just just the power in these planets? Basically, pool like pool balls on the pool table. Yeah, you know, just barely passing each other. Just the fields, the magnetic fields, and the power of each planet. Just wow. And the, de- the destruction going on yeah. on Earth yeah. during this time. It was truly biblical. Yeah. Truly. So no wonder people had a reverence for the heavens because it was literally trying to destroy them. You know, I mean, you know, we have like now we I don't think we've ever really had anything from outer space threaten this planet while I've been alive. Not not really. You know, I mean, there may have been word about, oh, an asteroid's coming, you know, but then it goes around us. No, but, the only scary monsters we got to worry about sitting in offices. Yeah, no shit, dude, for real. For real. But, like, you know, we have creatures that, that are trying to kill us. You know, we have bears, we have sharks, we have, you know, we have all kinds of animals, we have climate that's trying to kill us we have you know our environment but imagine imagine on top of all those things then you have mars and and venus moving around you've got meteors coming down dude what a world it would have been it's just Man, like, it's hard to imagine what would you do like what are you going to do about that shit like yeah. You're just there for the ride, man. Exactly. Like you survive awesome. If not, well, at least you saw something. No wonder belief was so powerful because they mm-hmm. uh, you have nothing else. You're at the mercy of what seems to be. I mean, dude, if you see planets moving around like that, you see, I mean, dude, I, that I would absolutely be praying to whatever the fuck I could pray to. And that's just human nature right yeah, there. Like exactly. that is throughout. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Wild claims that were disregarded and mocked in equal measure. Was he right? Will he? Uh, we'll probably never know. That's the truth. We'll probably never know for sure. But let's take a look at some of these other claims that have been since proven and accepted by mainstream science. Okay. So, for example, uh, Velikovsky argues that Venus was incandescent in ancient times and would essentially still be a planet with soaring temperatures. All right, so look, I'm dumb. I got to look up what incandescent means. Does that mean... That Doesn't does, it mean like it, it glows, like it has a light to it? That's what I thought. I got to look it up. Emitting light as a result of being heated. So like a star. Yeah, we're awesome. We nailed it. We did. So Venus was bright in ancient times is what that means. And would essentially still be a planet with soaring temperatures. So like a mini sun. Velikovsky was scoffed at for his claim. Conventional wisdom at the time said proof stated Venus was freezing due to thick cloud. However, in 1962, NASA's Mariner 2 satellite showed the surface temperature to be 800 degrees Fahrenheit, even though uh, enough to melt lead. 
It was then further discovered that actual temperatures on the planet were in excess of 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Look at that. Fahrenheit, not Fahrenheit. Look at that. Wow. So again, mainstream science. What a fucking laughable joke. How did they get that term, by the way? How did they... How the fuck... They've been wrong so much. How did they become the standard? Uh, I mean, look at what is mainstream. It's yeah. all fuckery. It's all stupid. So, I mean, it is. it does make sense. It's fucking stupid. You're right. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're right. It's just crazy, man. It's crazy to think how much we've been lied to. How much we've been lied to, how much it's been thrown to the side, that it's, it's not because it, it didn't want to be accepted. They didn't even want to look at it. Crazy. But look at the science that later becomes accepted. But yeah. those those people will stop that and exile. I mean, look at Socrates. Yeah. Look at how admired he is in the science world today. Yeah. His philosophies, everything. He wasn't back then. Sad, but very, very true. Very, very true. People are not appreciated in the times that they exist. That is the truth. He also claimed that Jupiter, the planet, uh, this is uh, Valakowski, by the way. Uh, he claimed that Jupiter, the planet that he stated projected what would become Venus into the solar system, emitted radio noise. By 1960, it was proven that Jupiter had a radiation belt that emitted over a thousand times more radio energy than Earth's Van Allen belt. Another key claim, especially given his claims of the Venus slipstream, was that some cause. Cometary tales. Cometary. That one tripped me up. I've never seen that word before. That some cometary tales and meteorites contain hydrocarbons. Around a year after this wild claim, it was proven to be exactly right. And before the end of the 1950s, it was confirmed that hydrocarbons in meteorites were made of many of the same compounds as those on Earth. So the question is, is accepted History wrong. If it has to be, it has to be. Well, it is. I mean, it's been proven wrong over and over and over again. And, and we haven't even gotten started, folks. This is the first of numerous uh, documents that we're going to look at. If there is evidence, what's that? Just the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. That's right. If there is evidence and proof that differs from our accepted version of history, more than if it is being covered up from the general population, we should ask why. Why would this knowledge want to be hidden? Well, control, as we stated before. But this article asks, is it because they feel that organized religion would suffer and essentially be made irrelevant should we discover that our history on earth is not what we've been taught? It would absolutely do that. As you said, it would flip religion on its head. Is it simply to save the embarrassment and laborious task of having to rewrite our history as we thought we knew it? Well, that's just laziness and should be unacceptable. I'm sure if you ask enough people, if they're willing to rewrite history to make sure it's the truth, they would do it and they would volunteer to do it. And I would want to read it. Yeah, exactly. Because there's plenty of people trying to compile real history now. It's just you give it to the fuck sticks 
that are the authority authorities of this. And so they don't give a, they have their own personal biases, funding, career, you name it, you name it. So any one of these things could be true. If not all of them, it could absolutely be that they don't want to threaten religion, that they don't want to rewrite history and they don't want to put their careers because they've staked their entire careers on this. So of course they don't want to give that up. It puts humanity on the path of enlightenment. That's right. And that would make them obsolete. You know, you mentioned Socrates. Think about Plato. These people, they didn't have a career. There was no career to be had by doing this. There was These no are co- just crazy people standing on the corner of the street. That's right. They did it because they knew it was the right thing for humanity. It was the right thing to do. They didn't. These people, most of the time, they were put to death if not shunned completely from, from society. So it's just, uh, it's, it's so, as you said, it is human nature. But at what point are we going to get over that? At what point are humans going to realize that we can't prejudge these things based on what we want things to be? We have to accept them for what they are. You know, That's and the beauty of humanity is that we are self-aware, and uh, what what gives that gift to us is that every day gives us a chance to better ourselves as a species. That's right, as a species, as one hum- humankind, as opposed to individual um, nodes. We're all part of that, this thing. Exactly, and when that information is kept away from you, it's control, it's power, it prevents you from becoming the next step of humanity, it keeps you turning the wheels like the good little hamster you are. Well, and look, I mean, I'm going to throw, uh, of course, my love of uh, psychedelics. Not that I take them all the time. I just love the what they're doing for humans. Thank you, CIA. We really appreciate you. And if you're listening, make sure you donate. Yes, thank you. Uh, but really... With psychedelics, with mushrooms, DMT, it's been showing that it is giving people a glimpse, a, a, a glimpse of another reality, a reality that we've been, I would argue, turned away from. It's not, you know, there's this idea that, well, we as humans, we just can't perceive all of reality, which is true. Our limited capabilities, we can't see you know, all the frequencies and realms and, you know, all that type of stuff. But on top of that, you also have just the fact that we've been given a narrative that these things are drugs, that they lead to diseases of the mind um, as opposed to they lead to answers, deeper answers of where we come from and the true meaning of what it is to be human, you know? So it, there's there's a lot of a danger in this. You know, it's it's people love to be like, oh, well, yeah, re- history's been rewritten. You know, we know that happens. It's like, well, that's pretty fucked up. Because that, as you said, that determines where we go as a species, where we come from. If we know we've yeah. been seeded by an advanced alien civilization, does that not give people hope that we can be more than this sack of soup? 
and that if we have been cheated, that we are obviously have neighbors watching us. Yes. Does that not mean we cannot join something higher than ourselves? Exactly. And explore further than our own realm of reality? It helps us identify our faults better. Because right now we're given this this spoon-fed, that's human nature, that's human nature, that's human nature. That's how it works. There's no break in human nature. Well, maybe there is. Maybe we're just not given the tools anymore. The tools are kept from us. And and one of these tools is knowledge, 100%. The knowledge is out there. Yeah, those right. that have it are the ones that are telling you not to have, that you're not allowed to have. Yep. They keep it locked. There is enough circumstantial evidence, if nothing else, to at least, at least warrant a serious study into the claims that these things are going on. You know, to look at the evidence, to actually break it down and see what's what. But they don't even want to look at it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Because, again, for them, let's say they already know. Let's say they already know all this. Maybe that's the big cover-up. Well, as we're going over. Mm-hmm. I, I really think the whole UFO alien debate is just a distraction for the truth. That is, they are have been covering up and that they are covering up the origins of man so that way they can control us better. And that throwing these little things out of like, oh, yeah, aliens want to contact us and they have these little ships, you know, it keeps people interested, but not digging for the truth or at least not the right truth. You know, it's it could be a wild goose chase, except in this case, it's aliens, not geese. I mean, it's not like our government's never used the art of distraction before. No shit. No shit. Exactly. So, again, I'll have these uh, these sources that uh, I'm reading from in the show notes. So, if you're listening to this later, you can follow along right now, which is weird. That's time travel. But uh, if you are watching or listening on uh, Discord, you're watching right now. Anyways, but um, very interesting. Very interesting about what could be, what this could be. But uh, But speaking of the... Smithsonian, because we mentioned it a couple times. So, Smithsonian admits, this is actually coming from 2021. Smithsonian admits to destruction of thousands of giant skeletons in early 1900s. The U.S. Supreme Court ruling has forced the Smithsonian Institution to release classified papers dating from the early 1900s that prove the organization was involved in a major historical cover-up. The article goes on to say, the cover-up allegedly destroyed evidence showing giant human remains in the tens of thousands that had been recovered all across America. The pieces of evidence were ordered to be destroyed by high-level administrators to protect the mainstream chronology of human evolution at the time, according to the court ruling. The allegations stemming from the American Institute of Alternative Archaeology, 
that the Smithsonian Institution had destroyed thousands of giant human remains during the early 1900s was not taken lightly by the Smithsonian who responded by suing the organization for defamation and trying to damage the reputation of the 168-year-old institution. During the court case, new elements were brought to light as several Smithsonian whistleblowers admitted to the existence of documents that allegedly proved the destruction of tens of thousands of human skeletons, reaching between 6 feet and 12 feet in height, a reality mainstream archaeology cannot admit to for different reasons. So according to um, James Churchward, there's been a major cover-up by Western archaeology institutions since the early 1900s to make us believe that America was first colonized by Asian peoples migrating through the Bering Strait 15,000 years ago, when in fact there are hundreds of thousands of burial mounds all over America, which the natives claim were there a long time before them, that show traces of a highly developed civilization, complex use of metal alloys, and where giant human skeleton remains are frequently found but still go unreported in the media and news outlets. A turning point of the court case was when a 1.3 meter, that's basically three, almost four, four feet, wait, fuck. A meter is three feet, right? Right, a meter's three feet. So yeah, one. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm not gonna lie. I have to look that up myself. Well, I'm pretty sure a <laughs> meter is three feet, and so one point three meters. Basically, you times everything by three. It yeah, would be three point nine feet. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. basically, four foot tall femur bone, and it was human was shown as existence in court of the existence of such giant human bones. The evidence came as a blow to the Smithsonian's lawyers as the bone had been stolen from the Smithsonian by one of their high-level curators in the mid-1930s who had kept the bone all his life and which had admitted on his deathbed in writing of the undercover operations of the Smithsonian. He wrote in a letter, it is a terrible thing that is being done to the American people. We are hiding the truth about the forefathers of humanity, our ancestors, the giants who roamed the earth as recalled in the Bible and ancient texts of the world, which it absolutely is. Almost every ancient culture talks about giants. It's true. Yeah, I do got a little devil's advocate here for you, though. Yes. You ready? All right, so there's this uh, fact check claim through uh, Reuters.com. It says uh, claims of the Smithsonian Institute that admitted destroying thousands of skeletons in the 1900s originated on a website that identifies its content as satirical or fictional. Although the claim has been debunked since 2014, some social media users have recently duped, been duped and faked in the report is factual. Uh, it says the image showing a giant buried skull next to the caterpillar uh, escalator and three people has been online since at least 2013 and uh, it's posted on a website designcrowd.com which is holding a photoshop competition encouraging readers to create a hoax archaeological discovery 
a hoax, encouraging people to create a hoax archaeology experiment. Talk about muddying that's, the waters. Yeah. That's, again, like we've talked about that before. Anytime something like this ever comes out and it gets out to the public, everyone's going to jump on the wagon. Muddy the waters. Hmm. It's absolutely true. I mean, that that's the hard part about this is you have one side saying no. Now, now here's, here's where you have an article claiming what I'd have to do. And, and to be honest, I didn't do this. I should have. I should have looked up the court documents. And I, I, I should have tried to find where this actual uh, case took place. I don't know. Because I'll be yeah. honest with you. Uh, you know, I just, my thing is this. I like to present the evidence of what I find that seems to point to this. I, I only dig so deep just because I only have so much time. And okay. I, would, I would love to be able to do like a deep, huge investigation into this, which would involve court documents and, you know, all types of things like that. But what we have is we have an article that seems to break down the court case as it was done, um, involving, you know, claims, counterclaims, countersuing, um, defamation, which is all pretty, pretty legit of how that would go. And then we have a fact check that seems to say, well, no, that didn't happen. But again, the only thing that really is going to prove whether this happened or not, um, is a court case. Uh, and, uh, and I just didn't do that. So, if anybody out there would like to do that, I'd, I'd love to see that. And I'll, I'm certainly after this, I'm going to dig into it. So I'll do a, uh, maybe I'll do a follow-up on this. Yeah, please send us any information. You guys find too. We love yeah, Absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. So, um, this says the U S Supreme court has since forced the Smithsonian institution to publicly release classified information about anything related to the destruction of evidence pertaining to the mound builder culture and to elements relative to human skeletons of greater height than usual, a ruling that the AIAA, or AIAA, I guess, is extremely enthused about. The public release of these documents will help archaeologists and historians to reevaluate current theories about human evolution and help us greater our understanding of the mound builder culture in America and around the world. Finally, after over a century of lies, the truth about our giant ancestors shall be revealed to the world, he acknowledges. The documents are scheduled to be released in 2020, and the operation will be coordinated by, uh, mind you, this is an article back. I guess it's before 20, uh, 2021. I thought it was 2021. And the operation will be coordinated by an independent scientific organization to assure political neutrality. So that means they're not. <laughs> well, I don't know. Your document is uh, after this. Your article. So perhaps it was debunked. Well, it does go on here to say that the... Uh, uh, the World News Daily Report clarifies at the bottom of their website when this was released 
the content is of satirical or fictional, or fictional nature since at least December 17th, 2014. The website has included a similar message in their disclaimer tab. Previous debunks by Snopes and the Florida Times Union are available on this website as well. Uh, yeah, this Reuters.com just claiming that that was all a hoax. It's all a fact. Well, know. you know, man, I'll tell you what. But, if it I is, mean, honestly, like you said, it's throughout our history. We've been talking about giants yes. forever. And it's in biblical, religious texts. It's in mythology. It's obvious that it would make more sense to exist than not to exist. But, you know, like we keep talking about, people muddy the water. Yeah. Well, and look, I mean, let, let's, let's acknowledge the world we live in, have lived in for a while. That if you say things like this that they're saying in this article I'm reading from, where you don't say it's satire, then you're held liable. You know what I mean? Whereas if you write something like this and you say, oh, it's satire, but, but how detailed it was. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard. For, again, I'll put all these links in the show notes. I will be honest. This article at the very top says, World News Daily Report, where facts don't matter. <laughs> you know, if I had to put my chips in, I would definitely say that the Giants existed. Yeah. If I had to put my money on one. Yeah. I'd as, put my money down. Yeah. Look, I mean, like you said, it's in history. We have evidence of, look, and you can say, well, those are ancient writings. We don't know if that's true or not. You're right. We don't know if it's true or not. Why assume it's not? What would the ancient... Yeah, but it's in ancient writings in different cultures that have no way of communicating back when they were making those ancient writings. So how is it that they all were communicating like, hey, this country over here has got giants. We should have some too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, separated by thousands of years, not to mention on other sides of the globe. No possible way they could have communicated with each other, at least by what we know, at least by what we're told, there was no way of communicating. So how, how the seemingly coordinated facts, because maybe that's the world they did observe. Maybe that's the simplest answer, that they observed this world and uh, and they were living it, so they told about it. You know, I mean, that's what we're told about the Bible. We're told that these people, this is the world they saw, and they reported it factually. So why is that? Why is that text accurate? But all others are metaphorical or fictional. That doesn't make sense to me. Again, why go to the trouble of of etching in stone these tales? Of, of putting down in parchment and preserving them with mummies. These people had real beliefs, real beliefs with the dead and the afterlife. So they're not going to put fictional tales in with the dead. It just wasn't a thing. And then, I mean, I, I would argue that they didn't tell fictional tales. Life was interesting enough trying to survive one day from the next. You didn't need to make up right. stories. And we're living with dinosaurs. Jesus. I don't think we had time to go to church on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. 
So as you had said, you know, we have evidence of the government covering up history, you know. Um, so let's look at some of this. Ten times governments edited textbooks to rewrite history. So this is a little bit more modern times we have of governments doing this. So to think that it hasn't been going on for a long time, right? So let's look at this. South history Korea. Is what we're taught. That's right. It's what we're taught. Exactly. So if they're rewriting history books, then that's what we're taught. We're taught a false history. So in 2015, South Korean National Institute of Korean History drew national attention after making controversial edits to the country's history textbooks. The changes provided overtly positive views about South Korea and promoted negative views about Japan and North Korea. Specifically, they stepped up the criticism of North Korea and condemned its ideology of Jewish self-reliance. I don't know. North Korea is pretty fucked up these days. Conservatives who suggested the edits raised concerns that South Korean youth could grow up to admire Jewish, even though North Korea was not self-reliant. North Korea depends on China for major needs, including oil and food. Conservatives also denounced current history textbooks for blaming North and South Korea for the Korean War, even though it's North Korea that attacked first. Conservatives added that te current textbooks, which they say are written by liberals, extensively criticized the military regime of Park Chung-hee, who got into power after coup in 1961. They said that current textbook downplayed its, his achievements and beamed their lights on the crimes of his government. Curiously, Park Chung-hee's daughter, Park Gun-hee, <laughs> was president when the history tech... Look, that one, I, I, I don't Dude, understand. You're doing that. so good. You're Thank you. So good. Thank you. Uh, I don't know anything about Korean history. So that one's lost on me. So if anybody yeah. knows Korean history um, that knows anything about that, I mean, that you could have said anything about that in there, and I would have been like, wow. So I, I really don't know. But then you have Iraq, 1973. Saddam Hussein in the history textbook of Iraq, rewritten to promote himself and the ideology of the Ba'ath Party. According to the revisions, Hussein had saved the Arab lands from the incursion of the Jews, whom he called greedy people. Years later, Hussein's version added that Iraq had won the Iraq, uh, Iran Iraq War of 1980 to 88 and the 1991 Gulf War against the U.S. Both were false. These textbooks became a source of concern for the U.S. led coalition that toppled Saddam's government in 2003. Now, I will admit there was some corruption going on during all that time on the U.S. side bit. as well. So, again, this one could be a little bit uh, loosey-goosey. Working closely with a team of Iraqi educators, the U.S. government removed every reference to Saddam Hussein and the Ba'ath Party. <laughs> they deleted several references to Iran, Kuwait, Jews, Kurds, Sunnis, Shias, and the U.S., the educators also edited the details of the 91 Gulf War to make it less controversial. My God. So, yeah, corruption on all sides in that one. All sides. The U.S. coming in and deleting references to all those things. Iran, Kuwait, Jews, Kurds, Sunnis, Shias, and the U.S. Holy shit. And making it less controversial. Hilarious. So, yeah, that's, that's just to put them in a better light. 
That's not even talking about human origins, control of a population. That doesn't do any of that. That's just about making you look better. So if they're willing to do all that just to make themselves look better, you bet your ass they're willing to completely withhold evidence of humanity because they want us to be dependent. You know? Who's going to be dependent on government when you know you came from aliens? For real. Why? You know, like, I'm going to find my power. (laughs) I'm going to figure out what my superpower is, and I'm going to use it against the IRS. So then you have... Tax evasion. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Then you have India and Pakistan. India and Pakistan have had a troubled relationship ever since they gained independence from Britain in 1947. The tense relationship between both regions led to the partitioning of British India into India and Pakistan that year. This was followed by several riots, wars, and the consequent independence of Bangladesh from Pakistan. These days, either nation is always exploring ways of getting back at each other. They have taken their wars to schools where they have edited their history books to teach a skewed version of past events to their citizens. And this is very, very common. I mean, look, even the U.S. has kind of, you know, glossed over certain historical things that were pretty brutal. I don't necessarily agree with, uh, you know, everything that's put out about how, you know, racist the origins of our country was. I do believe that there was a lot of racism going on. However, the entire world was engaged in slavery at the time. And it was it was only the Western world that put an end to it. I mean, that's the truth. Everywhere else, it's still going strong, man. It's still going strong. So as much as, uh, you know, the West fucked up utilizing slavery... Um, they at least acknowledged how bad it was and did away with it. But now we have indentured servitude due to debt, which is just uh, a different form of shackles and chains. I'm not saying it's as bad as slavery was. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's, uh, it's still slavery. It's through money. But history textbooks in both nations provide different reasons for the 1947 partitioning. Pakistani textbooks claim that Pakistani Muslims seceded from India after the Indian Hindus turned them into slaves right after independence. Meanwhile, Indian textbooks claim that the Pakistanis only used the creation of a new country as a bargaining chip and never really wanted one. India and Pakistan were involved in a series of deadly riots that killed 200,000 to 500,000 people. Holy shit. Jesus. That's crazy. While Pakistani textbooks blame India for the riots by claiming that the Hindus attacked first, Indian textbooks suggest that both sides were guilty, which is probably a little more truthful, I would imagine. I don't know the history, but that's usually how it goes. Yeah. Then you have Japan. Japan has a straightened relationship with China and South Korea. Massive anti-Japanese sentiment arose in both nations during the 20th century due to territorial disputes in World War II when Japan invaded and committed war crimes against citizens of China and Korea, which they did. 
I don't know if you've ever read into that, the uh, Japan and China stuff, but dude, brutal. Brutal. Uh, in 2017, the Japanese government was exposed for editing the history textbooks of junior high school students. <laughs> the, they were spearheaded by the ironically named Society for the Dissemination of Historical Fact. Does that not sound like the Ministry of Truth that we have now? The Department of Misinformation? Very, very similar. Very similar. The group removed parts of Japanese textbooks containing references to the 300,000 Chinese murdered during the infamous 1937 Nanjing Massacre. The textbooks deleted references to the 400,000 Korean and Chinese women whom Japan forced into prostitution during World War II. They also blamed the U.S. for bombing a Pearl Harbor. Whoa. Wait a minute. They're saying we bombed ourselves? Jesus, fuck out of me. What the fuck? Wow. The new textbooks also blame the U.S. for the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Its authors claim that the bombings were in response to several trade embargoes that the U.S. placed on Japan, which Japan considered an informal declaration of war. Well, I mean, look at trade embargoes versus... I don't know, man. That's that bombing a whole bunch of civilians and military. I mean, it wasn't all civilians, but it was a lot of military. But still, dude, that's a very harsh response to that. But Japan is brutal, dude. I mean, what they did to the Chinese was brutal. What they did to Pearl Harbor was brutal. So that's kind of their MO. There are some hardcore motherfuckers, man. It's true. Now, I don't know much about the trade embargoes. That may or may not be true. I, I don't know much about that. Um, I should. But, um, anyways, critics said the textbooks was an attempt to absolve Japan of the extensive war crimes it committed during the 20th century. Curiously, the, the Society for Dissemination of Historical Fact was already working on a fourth edition at the time of the controversy. This in, indicates that the Japanese government is slowly removing controversial paragraphs from its history books year after year. Hmm. Very interesting. So let's look at China now. In 1966, Chinese leader Chairman Mao Zedong introduced a set of reforms that he called the Cultural Revolution. He claimed that it was part of an attempt to realign China with its communist ideology. However, on the inside, it was also a part of Mao's ploy to regain his position as the leader of the Chinese Communist Party. Over the next 10 years, Chairman Mao clamped down on several individuals, including or leading to a series of protests and other acts of civil disobedience that only ended after his death in 1976. The period is controversial in Chinese history, which prompted the government to remove details about the revolution from its history textbooks in 2018. An entire chapter about the Cultural Revolution was taken out of the state-approved history textbook and replaced with one about the development of China. The deletions included every reference to the protests and government-backed violence that rocked China at the time. Editing history was easy for the Chinese government because the textbooks are published by the government-owned People's Education Press. That's the issue with authoritarianism. 
is that they control everything. So they're going to control the information. They're going to control all that. Anyways, I can go on and on and on about all these. I'll put the whole list uh, in the show notes. But it, it just goes on and on about these these countries that have done this. And they've all done it throughout history. This isn't the first time. It won't be the last time. No. And you know, it all goes back. How old is our species? Yeah, exactly. Where did it come from? Exactly. So... Let's look at another article called, uh, this comes from the ancient Zen called, uh, human origins, the greatest historical cover-up. This is a little bit more modern. So this is from June of this year. The official history of mankind has grown into a religion with a theology that you'll be silenced if you dissent from both the Catholic church and Islam strive to deceive us from threatening us by threatening us with retribution if we do not accept their creed. Unfortunately, this historical orthodoxy is taught in schools primarily to implant lies in the minds of future generations, making manipulators' jobs simpler. The first benefactories, beneficiaries of ignorance are governments. Why aren't more historians, archaeologists, and academic uh, academicians... What the fuck? Academics. Why can't they just say that? Speaking out against this dogma. Because with a few exceptions, all scientists, historians, and archaeologists are paid by the government groups. And no one wants to publish material that does not help governments because, as you say, you risk losing your job, being ridiculed, and having your career wrecked. Despite the fact that mankind is clearly older than the Holy Bible claims, the official history of mankind is constantly altered to match the events of the Bible. For people like us and researchers who stumble upon, this is, by the way, to the article. I'm just reading this. I mean, I do agree with a lot of this. I agree with a lot of this. I agree that, yes, it makes sense. I mean, look, I don't want to disrespect anyone's religion. My mother is incredibly uh, spiritual, religious, uh, it makes absolutely it makes her who she is at the mm-hmm. same time to cut yourself off from knowledge for the sake of your beliefs is a very strange thing to me it's a very strange thing because you're you're doing two things you're admitting by by not acknowledging that it's there you're admitting that you don't don't know and you don't want to know. You're adm- you're admitting you're intentionally uninformed. Yes, yeah. you're staying ignorant on purpose. And the second thing is that you're acknowledging that there is ev- facts out there or evidence out there that exists. You're acknowledging it by not acknowledging it. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the reality of it. So I, I do believe, you know, that mainstream religions have an issue. And that is that there's a monopoly on the origins of man, the origins of human nature, the all the, the origins of everything is contained within religion, within the Bible. 
But what happens is you have this kind of squishy maneuver that goes on where they, they like to throw the label of, oh, it's, uh, it's metaphorical in certain situations when it doesn't line up. But some of these things like creation is a big one. You have a six, you literally have an outline of what happened there. The world was created in six days and here's how it took place. And now we know otherwise. I mean, well, at least it predates. So what does that mean? Does that mean it's proven otherwise or does it mean six days doesn't mean six days? That's where I've always been confused. You know, the whole in the beginning, I don't, I don't understand where the six days comes from. Where does that come from? And that's where nobody can say, well, because look, we're, we're talking about millions of years that, that potential humans have been on this planet, that this planet is potentially billions of years old, that the universe is even older than that. Including rise and fall of civilization. That's right. That we have very strong evidence did exist. And we have very strong evidence that these cataclysms took place. So, what, where do the six days come from? That is my question. Where do the six days come from? Maybe the six days was, uh, you know, one of those apocalyptic events that we were talking about earlier in the show. Yeah. Um, uh, possibly, you know, weird planet passing by, big, you know, galaxy pool, whatever. Six days of pretty much cataclysmic events which generated life or accelerated growth. Yeah. I'm just shooting in the dark. That's all well, you can do. That's that's it. <laughs> that's all you can do because we have no idea. We have no idea. But that's what always makes me question this. So that's why I think this article is valid. Is that it's simply asking mm-hmm. the questions. You know, why is it this? Now maybe it's coming at it a little aggressively, I'll admit, and being like, "Ah, oh, they're wrong." But maybe they are. Um Nexus Magazine's, oh, I don't know what that means. Uh, In 1993, NBC aired a documentary called Mysteries of the Sphinx, which demonstrated that the Sphinx is far older than the pyramids based on geological data. The water erosion debate arose as a result of this data, which was based on water erosion at the base of the Sphinx. Dr. Robert Schock, a geologist, received this water erosion data from Egyptologist John Anthony West. According to Schock, the Sphinx predates the pyramids. Several academics from various professions came to the same conclusion as West after analyzing the Sphinx and the erosion on which it was revealed and publicly publicized their findings, but the institution attacked. Dr. Zahi Hawass and other dogmatic egologists slammed these researchers and their non-dogmatic conclusions. Dr. Mark Lerner, or Lenner, a leading Egyptologist has joined the conflict, open, de- openly declaring West and Shock to be illiterate and ignorant. Other researchers who might have wished to share their ideas or support West and Shock have been silenced as a result of this campaign and denigration uh, and humiliation of non-dogmatic scientists. Sadly, intellectual assassination is still a common practice in academia today. All of those dogmatic professors are hired by various governments, which is ironic. 
Another victim of intellectual assassination is sh- and shame is author Michael Cremo in his book Forbidden, Forbidden Archaeology, which we talked about in the very beginning of this. Cremo explores a number of things that give convincing evidence that human civilization is far older than the scientific establishment believes. And we went over this. 1996, NBC aired The Mysterious Origin of Man based on Cremo's book, and the scientific world was enraged. Scientists have bombarded NBC with emails claiming Michael Cremo is a fraud and threatening the network with criminal proceedings for disseminating fraudulent archaeological, archaeological material. So it just goes on to explain what we went over in, uh, in the forbidden. And why would they want to do that? Why would they want to do that indeed? If it's fake, if it's not real, like I'll give you an example. If somebody comes out and says, I beat up a dude, which is never going to happen because I'm weak. But let's say somebody does that. I'm going to be like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I'm going to move on. I'm not going to counter sue them for defamation. I'm not going to go after them. Now, of course, in these cases, there are people saying, hey, you're being lied to by these institutions. So then you have this whole thing of like, well, they're saying we're liars and we're stealing things. Well, we have evidence to say that you have and that that you are. Yeah, exactly. It's worth looking at these things, but they don't even want to look at it. Like, take it in, take the evidence in, study it, and disprove it. That's the best way to do it. Don't sue them for defamation. Don't, don't, don't discredit them. Take the evidence they say that they have and go and, and break it down and see if it's legit or not. And then if it's not, you're going to disprove it. And then you have even more evidence that you're right, in, as opposed to you going, no, we didn't. I feel like there's a process for this. Yeah. It's almost scientific. I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So let's look into another classified CIA document, okay, called the Adam and Eve story. This, when, when me and Nate looked, first looked into this, first of all, Nate, it was your idea to look into this, uh, Human Origins cover-up, which is phenomenal. It's a fascinating story. It is. What I stumbled on was this classified document called the Adam and Eve story. Uh, So let's break it down for you what this is. Now, of course, I will include in the show notes the full document. And the whole story behind this is really crazy. Because the full Adam and Eve story that came out is 57 pages. But it said the original document is actually 200 and some pages. And that even this 57 pages was heavily sanitized. So imagine how crazy this document is. That over half of it was taken completely hidden. And then what was given to the public was so heavily sanitized that there's missing chunks. But here's what it goes into. So declassified files contained in the CIA archives called. Oh, and you can go look this up, by the way. It's on the CIA website. Okay? It's on their website. So why? 
It's like they want you. It's weird. So anyways, declassified files contained in the CIA archives include the book, The Adam and Eve Story by Chan Thomas, dating from 1966. Thomas appears to have been a UFO researcher working on a project for the U.S. Air Force. Thomas begins his book with dedications to a string of the top U.S. military brass, saying without them, this book might not exist. He specifically mentions U.S. Air Force generals Curtis LeMay and Harold Grant and CIA intelligence officer Admiral Rufus Taylor. One revelation that Thomas makes in the book is that Earth is subject to cyclical pole shifts. Every 7,000 years, Thomas claims there's a null, there are null zones in the Milky Way through which our solar system passes every few thousand years, which cause cataclysmic changes to Earth, such as the pole shift. These cataclysmic events have been foretold by figures throughout history, including Jesus. The most recent cataclysm was Noah's flood. Another revelation is that Jesus was not a prophet of Jerusalem, but a scholar who trained in India. Yet, Jesus had predicted a coming global disaster and wanted to prepare people for the end times. Crazy, dude, huh? That's pretty out there, man. I love it. I love it. Thomas claims to have translated Jesus' dying words on the cross, speaking in an Indian dialect, I am fainting, I am fainting, darkness is overcoming me. And when Jesus ascended to heaven... He was actually picked up by a space vehicle, according to Thomas, a UFO, basically. (laughs) Thomas says that the Genesis story in the Old Testament is actually a parable about the collapse of a previous civilization due to an extinction event before Noah's flood. It's believed that Thomas was part of a team employed by aerospace firm McDonnell Douglas and led by Dr. Robert Wood who has since gone on to become a prominent expert on UFOs. Wood names Thomas in an article published in 2007 as one of the men he employed to research UFOs. Wood describes the author as an exceptionally innovative man who claimed to be in contact with ETs and a total out-of-the-box thinker. Thomas's book was originally published in 1963 and 1965 with a copy entering the CIA files in 1966. It then went unpublished again in 1993 and hasn't been published since. But full versions, supposedly, of the book can be found online. Internet conspiracy forums have stumbled across the book this year, and Google Trends reveals interest in the book has interested increased by 700%, 700% over the past 12 months. So why would the CIA classify this document? If it's the Adam and Eve story, it's just an alternate story that supposedly wouldn't be true, right? They wouldn't they would never admit that it's true, so what's the harm in it? Why classify it? At the end of the book, Thomas writes, To all of those who ridiculed, scorned, and laughed, relegating me to the nuthouse and even firing me, for how else would I have been so driven to pursue, solve, find, and derive the truth? I owe them.
Now, this information is very similar to the information that this guy, Corey Good, another guy, David Wilcock, and other people, prominent channelers, have revealed about an imminent solar event that will occur within the next 10 years or so due to our solar system drifting into an energetic rift in this part of the galaxy, which has caused all the planets in our solar system, including the Earth, to see an increase in temperature, as well as volcanic and seismic activity, which it has. This is said to be a precursor to a possible pole shift, which may have caused the continent of Atlantis to shift to the South Pole some 12,000 years ago to become Antarctica. It is said that this energetic event will trigger those humans on Earth who are prepared to ascend to a fourth density of consciousness and will usher in a thousand-year golden age on Earth. Those who are woefully unprepared will return to a third density existence elsewhere until their next opportunity to ascend in roughly 25,000 years. Crazy, dude. Crazy. And again, I'll put the actual document in the show notes. You guys check it out for yourself. The actual CIA document um, from the CIA's website. Um, I won't make you go digging for it. That's crazy. Dude, crazy. Crazy. And that leads to the Vatican. Okay? Because when it, com- when it comes to covering up religion, or I should say aspects of spirituality, or anything, who's not more complicit than mainstream religions? You know, the Vatican being like the hub of secrecy when it comes to religions. And again, I'm not trying to pick on anybody or anyone's beliefs. I'm just calling them as I see them. According to conspiracy theories, quote unquote, in conjunction with the Smithsonian, as we went over, they are hiding the truth of gigantic human skeletons which confirms the existence and therefore messing up the evolutionary tree of humans. So, oh, this is, dude, this is actually in line with your debunking. No, wow. Yeah, so this says, so, so again, to play devil's advocate on the other side. According to a Twitter post by user, reality is the only check I get. <laughs> the Vatican and the Smithsonian <laughs> destroyed most and threw some of the giant skeletons they found into the ocean since having to explain how they existed contradicts the evolution of mankind. Giant skeletons found by the thousands. The Vatican and the Smithsonian destroyed most and threw some into the bottom of the ocean because having to explain... Oh, I already read that. While some have accepted the theory, there are still many who are making fun of it. The user attached a badly photoshopped picture. This was noticed by another Twitter user commenting that even in their design classes, the picture will not pass. Well, this is a terrible article. I don't know why I'm reading it. But um, 
because I thought it had something to do with it. But anyways, we we basically went over that. Yeah, this this idea that uh, that that he, history is being covered up. I don't think that's a lie. I don't think that's no. a, any stretch of the imagination whatsoever. You could prove it just by looking at history. That's right. And I've pointed out in the bonus episodes numerous times, I've pointed out where now, these days, within the last month, you have scientists that are failing dramatically at at being able to do their jobs, which is disseminate facts and come up with data and show the evidence instead like we have there's a there's a a physicist who took a photo of chorizo sausage and tried to pass it off as a as a planet that's no joke dude he took a slice of chorizo sausage took a picture of it and then posted it like it was a new discovery and it wasn't until people started really calling him out that he even came out and said, oh, it was a joke. Did you ever find out if he cooked the chorizo after or did he just waste it? Uh, I'm going to assume that somebody went over to his house and shoved it up his ass. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. And I'm hoping they cooked it first. I'm hoping they cooked it first. Yeah, get the spices going. (laughs) (laughs) Get the spices going, exactly. Oh, just, it's just, to me, it's not a conspiracy to think that the history is being catered, or uh, um, what's the word? Not catered. Not cultured either. I don't know the word. Anyways. Created. Curated. That's the word. That it's being curated for what they want us to know. At all, I, that does not that would not surprise me in the least bit. And so, and then to think that oh, well, that that uh, goes back longer than we thought that that act that wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, of course they've been doing it. Of course they are. I mean, they once again they have every reason to want to keep us um from knowing our true origins because they can make up whatever story about what our future is going to look like that way. And you go far enough down in history and people will stop caring. You know, like, look at us. I mean, uh, until we started digging, I didn't know any of this shit. I, w- I just believed everything I was taught in school. Yeah. I didn't question anything. So. It's just very, it's a fascinating topic. And, uh, you know, you could go all day looking at evidence that this is happening all day. We could do it. Um, is it? I don't know. But I'm de- definitely. Um, the evidence does not stop of shenanigans. So the big question, as always, though, is what do you all think? I want to know. I want to know what you think. I want to know what your theories are about about you know, humanity and the origins and, uh, and you know, am I way off base? Are me and Nate crazy? Are we looking at this wrong? Tell us. A little bit. A little crazy. <laughs> a little crazy. Yeah, for sure. A little crazy. A little crazy is yeah. good though. 
you know? Yeah, it helps. That's right. That's right. It sure does. But if you have stories, you have experiences, you just want to reach out, you can email. Go click that link in the show notes, uh, the portal to all things UFO know. Go and check it out. Also, go and check out merch. Um, be sure. Tag UFO Podcast if you're doing it on Instagram. If you get some merch, I would love to see it. Tag our page. Um, I'll post it. I'll I'll splash it out there. It'd be great. I'd love to see it. So go get yourself some merch as well as if you want to get a shout out, let me know you listen to the show. Go donate patreon.com. It's that simple. Remember, share this episode. Give us a nice review. Hit that subscribe button on the Rumble, on the YouTube. It helps out a lot. But now for my people, my people, the tinfoil militia, we're growing, and I want you in the ranks. So go donate now, patreon.com slash podcast. Get in on the Discord where you can chat live with us while we're doing the show. It's going to be fun. It's going to catch on. We're brand new to this. So get involved. First, UFO no supporter, member of the Tinfoil Militia, designer tinfoil hat wearing Aaron Rice. Thank you, ladies, so much. Haven't talked to you in a while. Hope you're doing well. Uh, she continues to support, though. It means a lot. Thank you so much. Casey Armadillo, first merch buyer and now member of the Tinfoil Militia. Casey, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, we've got Michael Ralston. Thank you, sir, very much. Been a bit since I talked to you. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Thank you for the support as well. Rihanna Little, thank you so much for the support. Joined us in Patreon last night, or, uh, uh, yeah, brother, Discord last night. It was great. Thanks for uh, joining us. It was so much fun. What a great episode. We had a few technical difficulty difficulties, but she stayed in there with us. Uh, Carlton Turner, thank you so much, my friend. Jesse, lady, she also joined us on the Discord last night. Thank you so much. It was great having you. And again, I would love for you guys to get involved and ask questions while we're doing this. Um, it'd be so, it'd be so great. Um, and then Vince. Alien Vibe Guy Guzman. Dude, thank you so much. Uh, love you, man. Thanks for coming on the show that time. And uh, looking forward to doing it again. Michael Benavides. I don't know if I already shouted out. I kind of jumped around. But uh, thank you, sir, as well. Give me some stories from Roswell. Uh, that would be awesome. You, too, again, can be part of the UFO No tinfoil militia that we're building. Patreon.com slash UFO No podcast. Go check it out. Brand new episode each week with a bonus episode as well. Um, so, again, go check it out. Any donation means the world to me. Uh, it means a lot, and we're building this thing. It's going to be great. Now for general shout-outs. Thank you, Black Coast Killer Band. These guys are phenomenal. Go check them out. Wet Wired, their merch brand. Go check them out. They always shout me out. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Um, Great guys. Love the music, man. If you're into heavy metal, you're going to love these guys. My friend Casey Leeski, always supporting the show. Thank you, sir. Matthew Morfitt, who gave us a couple of topic ideas, Valiant Thor and Galactic Federation, and he dropped another one on us, Nate. He dropped another two on us, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he wants us to do uh, top 10 favorite sightings. So like, uh, so like what are our favorite tales of, uh, of UFO and alien abductions or whatever. And then also, yeah. And then also the, um, a bunch of every country's Roswell 
So like the United States has a Roswell, Canada has a Roswell. So they all have these uh, big crash that kind of started it all. You know what I mean? So anyways, kind of yeah. put them together, see if they're yeah. uh, see if they're similar. I like that. Yeah, he dropped that one on us. So uh, that one could be fun. So it might take us Good a little call. bit, Matthew, but we will get on it. We thank will you. get on it. That's right. Yeah, thank you very much for the topic ideas and the support. Always reaching out, dude. Thank you so much. Oh, and by the way, well, never mind. That's coming up. Uh, Ridiculous Patronus, thank you as well. Your Scented Memoried, Gigi Holland, The Slime King Plays. Thank you all for your reviews. It means a lot. I want to give a big shout-out to my sister, Christy, and the whole family, Jesse, Zoe, Emma. Thank you guys for listening all the time. Um, and then I want to give a very big shout-out to Josh from Camp Verde, Arizona. I also want to be abducted. But he gave me some stories, dude, and these stories are great. I didn't get, I didn't bring them with me this time, but I'm on the next episode, I'm going to read them on the show because they're really good. Um, yeah, pretty cool, man. Uh, so as oh, far yeah. as, like, believability and all that, they're good, dude. I enjoyed them. Can't wait. That's right. So uh, the last one is the guy that gave you a shout-out, man, that reached out to you, Andy Peoples. Hope he's still listening. Thank you, Andy. Dude, thank you so much. Always worth reaching out because we will give you a shout-out because we just love talking about it. And uh, I'm always blown away when people say they listen to the show because, uh, you know, I'm just yeah. a dumbass. And so it really is amazing. It really is. The fact that you guys listen, it means the world. It's so awesome. Mm -hmm. That's why we want to do things like the discord, get you guys involved. Um, you know, be able to talk to you during the show, get your insight. Like if you say, have something that, that goes in line with what we're saying, we would love to add it in there because it's just so much fun. So, cause without you guys, I'm just talking to myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, it's great. But, uh, anyways, love y'all. Thank you so much as Always stay elevated and remember, keep your eyes to the skies and watch out for this. Hold on, I forgot. Nate, we got to shout out your Facebook page. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot last time. Oh, my god, here we were almost balls deep in the ending, almost and I remembered. Yeah. But that's the beautiful thing yeah. about this show I do what the fuck I want. Uh, so oh. Nate, what's the name of your, your Facebook page that people get in touch with you? All right, guys. Well, if you want to come find me, hit me up. Tell me what you want to talk about and pass on your stories or experiences. Come find me at Boldly Gone on Facebook. There you go. Boldly Gone. Also, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, so it'll be easy peasy. Just click the link, go to him, follow him, and once again, give him some ideas. We love that shit. So, love it. with that, with that, <laughs> stay elevated. Keep your eyes to the skies and remember... Watch out for the government. They're shysty bastards. Yeah.